0: podcasting the remarkably crowded frontier these are the conversations of two brothers and their mom their 13 episode mission to explore strange old movies to seek out new bits and new jokes to, to boldly, boldly go where, where no mom has, has gone, gone before, before. Welcome to a special bonus episode of Where No Mom Has Gone Before, a night shift radio original. I'm your captain slash commander, Casey oh. Ryan. By Grapthaw's Hammer. No, no, no. Yes. I'm Colin Ryan. <laughs> Oh, Admiral on the bridge, I guess. I mean
1: Mom, who I don't know if I'm a I don't know if I'm an admiral anymore.
0: Yeah, the NSEA's rank system is not really uh, discussed much in the wonderful movie that we're here to talk about.
1: It's okay. Galaxy th- Quest. Mom is my favorite act. my favorite
0: title. Role. Role. <laughs> Sure, we'll go with that. All right, so here we are. I mean, we were holding on to a bonus episode to do uh, the now shelved Star Trek 4. Yeah. Uh, that- not the one with the whales, the one with the cast that we want to see more of, but not in that same universe. By the time
2: they make a fourth Abrams verse Trek, we will be sending this podcast directly into your brain. <laughs> that's very that's very
0: true Oh, man, this movie yeah. holds a very interesting time This is when I had that brief stint working at a video store Oh, that's right Yeah. Oh, in uh, New York? In New York, where I got to meet Howard the Duck himself, Chip Stein um, yeah. yeah Which was pretty rad Told that story over on uh, Superpod HeroCast And I have held on to this story for this podcast <laughs> Closing one night, I saw it on the shelf. I saw Oh, Alan Rickman, Sigourney Weaver. I like them, and Oh, Tim Allen's in this too. And I was like, Oh, I I love Star Trek. I should give this a shot. It didn't last in the theaters very long. Got home, popped it in, and like 25 minutes in, I'm like, Oh my god, this is this is great. This is so good. Yeah. And weirdly, Tim Allen is very good in this movie. I don't
2: remember when I saw this, but I feel like it also would have... I definitely didn't see it in the theaters. It had
0: to have been home video. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too, I think. This originally was going to be directed by uh, Harold Ramis. Mm-hmm. And originally, Jason Nesbitt was going to be... Anyone know? Uh,
1: yes, I read it, but I can't remember <laughs> because I don't well, remember what I did yesterday for crying out loud.
0: He is a pirate king. Yeah, they wanted, and oh, Kevin, wanted Kevin Klein. Klein. And if you touch his dick you're dead.
1: I mean I see that. <laughs> I can I, see him too, but he yeah. had to turn it down. He, he he refused to do it. Yeah, turned, a couple he, of he, a couple he, of other actors did possibly
2: turn. to his regret did turn it down. Yeah. Um oh god, he would have been so good. <laughs> yeah, I mean he would have been a good choice. I mean, that's what they needed, right? Is a is a leading man who's secretly a comedian or not so secretly. But you know, somebody who can who has all those leading man looks and demeanor, and then, you know, and and I think they came at it from a different angle with with Tim Allen, but it works in that he, you know, he I, he has some of that same stuff. But yeah, I, I think Klein could have been interesting. There weren't a lot of other almost casts that I
1: heard. Alec Baldwin.
0: Yes, oh, that's, that's right, Alec Ramis originally wanted Alec Baldwin, and he immediately turned it down. Steve Martin yep. and
1: Kevin Kline worked together, but Kline turned it down for family reasons, and Ramis did not agree with the casting of Tim, Al- Tim Allen.
2: I mean, it might have just been he couldn't go out of town, or right, you know.
0: Or did Phoebe Cates just give birth?
2: Yeah, so I mean, he didn't want to, he just had a kid or something. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to, you know, go yeah. shoot on location. That makes sense.
0: Where did this shoot? I mean, was this it's had to have just all been Southern California. No,
2: no, they shot all the whole rock planet is um is uh Goblin National Park in Utah. Oh. Well, there's a reason right there not to do this.
0: What? I oh well, gosh, not that back place then. is gorgeous. I know, but it's it's still Utah. Well,
1: yeah, but it wasn't like that like like Never mind. I'll talk to you. I'll tell you something Mm. later.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, this this movie just had a really weird opening. Like, it sat in production hell for so long. It originally was going to be a hard R movie. Then they worked it down to a PG-13. In fact, it was filmed as a PG-13. And then there are two swear words taken out of it to give it a PG rating because... Do you know what also came out the same year as this for Tim Allen? Uh, no. Toy Story 2. Oh. yep. No.
1: But it was something else that came out that I read and I can't remember and I didn't print
0: it. But song. this was the height of Tim Allen trying to be the family man. I think Home Improvement had just ended two years before. Maybe one. I don't know, I don't know how far into the 90s that show went. But, um, yeah, uh, the two are... Uh, the obvious one is Sigourney Weaver with the Chompers. Right. That's extremely obvious. You can read that. The director, shoot, what's his name? Uh, the Par- director, Parasot? Uh,
1: Parasot. Uh,
2: Parasot? P- yeah, Dean Parasot.
0: First of all, you, it's very clear what she's saying, but also in the uh, redubbing of it, Dean Parasot was like, hey, give it a really bad line read. It's kind of a to the studio, and she does.
1: She wasn't interested in it when Ramus was in it.
0: Did
2: yeah. we all watch the making of the or the documentary, the um, <sighs> Never Surrender? Never give up yeah, it's so good. No,
1: I haven't seen that. Where is it?
2: Uh, Prime. It's interesting. Um, yeah, it seems like what they really ran into was that it was DreamWorks, okay. which at that point was a very new studio, really felt like mm-hmm. they had to have a... a Family film. I think at one point they were actually trying to push for a G rating. Um, That's what were, it
1: came out as.
2: No, it's PG. No, PG, PG. There's a
0: headless. Um, there's what's
2: a, his face? There's not not graphic, but strongly implied torture on more than one occasion. You can't do that in a G movie. Um, and also
0: some sexy time in between some interspecies. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: and and Nesbit is hungover. Yeah. There's 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 plenty that you know. But they, it was marketed like it was a, you know, it was the Santa Claus in space, right? It was marketed as a super family-friendly Tim Allen film for children. There's a, there's a great little bit where Alan Rickman is on the um, red carpet being like, it would be a great mistake to believe this is just a film for six-year-olds. It would be the worst mistake you could make.
1: Yeah. Oh. Do you think when? Do you think in his acting, the way he was acting, he was making fun of? Had had um, next gen come out by then? Sure, yeah. come and gone. I wonder if he was making fun of Patrick for no. all the stuff he was talking about, uh, uh, being uh,
0: uh, doing Richard the Third or whatever, whichever one it was. And he, he it, this is what he's come to. I think it's a little that, but it's mostly Nimoy. Nimoy totally. Wrote a whole book. I am not smock I, th- oh.
2: I think what makes this film work for me is have either of you ever read or heard Tolkien talking about disliking allegory deeply, yep. but liking resonance. Sauron is not Hitler. No. And the and the, the ring is not the bomb, right? But <laughs> but there are resonances. It's not a one-to-one parallel, but the, you know, and I think what makes the, I think if the film had been a laser sharp satire of specific Star Trek actors, as opposed to resonating with certain elements of different actors on Star Trek and not, like, I mean, the extremely talented actor who gets trapped in one role. Like, that goes... I mean, it could be Long Day's Journey into Night. It goes all the way back to... You know, there's just... That's a very long tradition uh, there as an archetype. And I'm sure Alan Rickman knew plenty of very skilled British character actors who felt that way. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he... Who, who had you know got trapped in one thing or
0: another he himself got trapped in being the villain it's one of the reasons he took this role he wanted to show right. I'm funny he hadn't done he loved comedy. He either yeah. did he either had filmed it hadn't come out I don't know the release dates of either or it had already come out dogma like he did two comedies in one year.
2: Yeah, I think this is around the same time. And he, I, I do know that he spoke about really enjoying having filmed Dogma, in which he is very funny.
0: Uh, that whole movie uh, is great. Tell a person that you're the Metatron and they stare at you blankly. Mention something out of a Charlton Heston movie and suddenly everybody's a theology scholar. May I continue uninterrupted? You know, when they talk
2: about it in that documentary, but you don't need to have seen the documentary to know that these people had fun making this movie.
0: Some of them. It seems like they really did, don't they? Um, I think weirdly, oh. this fell into the same trap as TOS in that no one really cared for Tim Allen. <laughs>
2: oh, I didn't get you that know. feeling. Well, there, I mean, maybe maybe they clean things up in that documentary, but people seem to speak nicely of him.
0: There's the story oh. that uh, Tim Allen is a huge aliens fan. And kept trying to get Sigourney Weaver to sign actual props and set pieces from Alien and Alien. Yeah, I was just reading that. And she wrote on them, stolen by Tim Allen, love Sigourney (laughs) Weaver, which he apparently was very upset at.
1: I'm reading here, the film was edited and cut to bring the rating to a PG. Okay. Which required cutting of some of the better and funnier scenes in the film that could have survived if a PG-13 rating had been targeted sure, like, f- instead of according to the cast. Re- so it was a PG.
2: No, no, I know. I think what, what happened was at one point they were trying to push for G, and, oh, and yeah. the directors and, and oh, was had really- to <laughs> say, the director had to say, there'll be nothing left.
0: You, you can't turn this into a G, you know. You can't start it or film PG-13, make it to G and make it make sense. Mm-hmm.
1: What did you say the film was? The film that
0: that came out that, that they were going up against was Stuart Little. No, no, the m- other movie that Alan Rickman did, where he is, uh, he is the. No, no, no. You said, you said it was Toy Story. Well, he wasn't going up against. It came out the same year.
2: Uh, Ninety-nine the, the was yeah. a film, big year. Apparently, the f- yeah. I mean, there's there's actually been a, a real rise in retrospectives about 1999 being the best year in cinema mm-hmm.
1: since '35.
2: Right, I mean, well, or 39. Um or 39, yeah. You know, uh, Being John Malkovich, The Matrix, um, Fight, Fight Club. Club. Yeah.
0: Galaxy Quest, you know. Movies that uh, that took the genres that we knew and kind of didn't turn them on their side, but like skewed them a little to let other artistry come in. Like, like Galaxy Quest is not yeah. a straight, like we'd had, you know, Shatner had been on SNL and done the whole Get a Life convention thing. There have been plenty of mocks <laughs> of Star Trek, and this is just like, yeah, yeah, you know what Star Trek is. We're gonna call it this. It's gonna have similarities, like, but things are gonna be different enough that you're not gonna be com- constantly comparing it to Star Trek, like the NSE uh, the NSEA Protector. A, its official uh, numbers, like the NCC one seven zero one, is NTE. 3107 I think and the NTE stands for
2: not the, not the enterprise, enterprise. <laughs> apparently apparently they did that for just in case it ever in case there was a lawsuit at some point from Paramount
0: well and the, um, and the shape of the ship like instead of the saucer section with uh tubular su- nacelles it is tubular uh section with saucer cells Wings.
2: Yeah.
1: And again, yeah. I think and they still it's head.
2: all to the yeah. benefit of the, the film that it, it's not quite as laser-focused a target as, say, the Black Mirror episode.
0: Yes. Which um, also, which you probably go watch. It's a fantastic.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The Black Mirror Star Trek parody episode where it's very, very close in look. Um, and, the you know, the serial numbers are still sort of filed off the thing, but it's, I, I think letting it be its own thing works better, right?
0: And it's kind of also the third entry in this category, the Orville. The Orville straight up started as Star Trek, but with family guy jokes. Because no. that's probably how Seth MacFarlane got it greenlit by Fox. About halfway so through per- season one, he's like, I'm just going to make really good Star Trek episodes <laughs> and have some funny moments in them.
2: Apparently, the thing that made them want to make it a G movie was that the Rugrats movie came out and made a ton of money while they were in post-production. And that that inspired the studio to say, we need a G-rated kids hit. And apparently, the thing that kind of let them make the movie they wanted to make while they were filming was that it was uh, the other big project that DreamWorks had was Gladiator. Oh, yeah. Which was a, a really troubled set. And then Oliver Reed passed really? away. Well... Oliver Reed died in the middle of the movie. Mm-hmm. It was the first time that they kind of did that now standard sort of creepy thing where they digitized someone.
0: I would have to go back and rewatch that, but I seem to remember that being passable because he never says any lines. And then, Oh, no,
2: he's, he absolutely speaks. The digital version absolutely speaks.
0: It says shadows to dust, but it's taken from earlier in the film. It's taken from when uh, Maximus first goes... Off to oh, be it's a been, guy. it's been a long time. Yeah, since I remember that, but, yeah, I, but I mean, when, um, yeah, I'd have to rewatch the rest of it. But I know it's very obvious that's just from earlier in the film. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. But it's a,
2: you know it was a huge
0: film mm-hmm. and, and it a
2: huge success for them obviously, but uh, it was a huge film, filming location and massive sets, and that uh, there was definitely apparently a feeling from Galaxy Quest that they're not paying attention to us. We can get away with a lot.
1: Well, I wish they'd come out with the
2: director's cut. I, You know, I am sort of surprised in this day and age that that doesn't exist yet. I wonder if there are legal tie-ups or anything like that. There may
0: be. I mean, definitely some of the obvious things that got cut, Fred Kwan is supposed to be a pothead. And, and unless you don't know what a pothead is, you're not going to know he's a pothead. You're just going to think he's a weird dude. <laughs> is
2: that confirmed? Nobody said that. But he's is supposed We're, to be high. Oh, Tony Tony
0: character. He's either high or done so many drugs in the eighties and nineties that he's just. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. I gotta say, I like it better that he's
2: just weird. <laughs> I think it's funnier that he's just like that than if he was
1: high. He suggested that his character is always eating yep. because he's high. Yeah. That's what he suggested.
2: Yeah, and he, he does wasn't eat the original He it.
0: originally auditioned for Jason mm-hmm. or for um mm-hmm. Guy. Sure. Yeah. And then Sam Rockwell got it, turned it down, and, and I gotta bring his name up, but unfortunately, this is one thing we gotta thank him for. Kevin Spacey made sure he made the film. Well Jim right yeah. said, saw No, him- this is really good. You should do this.
2: I also saw him say um, that, you know, because he was really an unknown actor at that point. Sure.
0: This is the um, thing I and, remember but, going, hey, this guy's really good.
2: Well, he was also in the Green Mile. Sure, sure. And that he felt like this coming out with the Green Mile would show enough range that he could, you know, he even if this didn't go oh, wait,
0: right. Was the Green Mile 99 also?
2: Uh, it was either 99 or 2000, so it was around the same Damn.
0: time. Because that, yeah, definitely... The Green Mile is the thing. I went, I need to know who this guy is. And I was like, it's the guy from Galaxy Quest.
1: Well, you know, he, he oh, in all his scenes, he drank lots
0: and lots of coffee before to get his jitters, to get well, that we, down. Well, Mom might not know, but Colin, you know who he's aping, right?
3: Well, that's great. That's just f***ing great, man. Now what the f*** are we supposed to do? Where's are some real pretty shit now, man. You finished?
2: There's There's a real, I mean, there's that energy there, too. That's true. Who? Uh, Bill Paxson in Aliens.
0: Specifically yeah. once their escape ship explodes and he like okay. has this huge meltdown where he just says it's game over like a hundred times. So Bill Paxson in
2: Aliens, for those of if you haven't seen Aliens. Go see Aliens. You should go see Aliens. Uh, but, Mom, Bill Paxson in Aliens plays the most obnoxious gung-ho member of this, like overconfident, misogynistic dickhead who's like, we're going to get out there, we're going to do it. And as soon as everything goes wrong, he completely falls apart. Mm -hmm. Utterly falls apart and is useless.
0: It's pretty much the same character he plays in True Lies. Very similar. I mean... He was really good at that character. The character he's you just the, want to he, slap across yeah, the face a little. Yeah, he's really
2: terrific in it, yep. and a, a really super memorable part of the movie to me. Sam Rockwell, and this is doing a Sam Rockwell part, right? Sure, like, but he's he is so sui generis an actor <laughs> that he, uh, he, you know, he, he brings a certain weirdly specific energy to everything, right? Uh, yeah, he's so good.
0: Yeah, he's great. He's really terrific at it. To cross over to Super Pod Hero Cast, I guess he is coming back for Armor Wars? Cool. I'm That's not fun. mad about any part of that because he was the yeah. best thing about Iron Man 2. It's a murderer's row of a
2: cast, right? I mean... Right. Tony Shalhoub and Sam Rockwell... Being in the same movie is like enough to make me go see a movie, and then you tell me that that's going to have Rickman and Sigourney Weaver. You know, it's it's a it's a fantastic ass. and we should really say Daryl Chill Mitchell is so funny in this He's movie. He's so funny. He's so so. If you don't know, he in the intervening years had I think a car accident. Motorcycle. Now he uses a we- motorcycle accident, now uses a wheelchair, mm-hmm. um, and it's continued to work, but I think it unfortunately slowed down a really great career.
0: Yeah, he was on the John Larket Show, right? He was on the John Cat Show,
2: yeah. He was great on that, show. That's, that's the first thing I remember seeing him in, was the John Cat Show. He was in a movie I've never seen, which is the director of this first film, uh, a romantic comedy called Home Fries. Oh, yeah, yeah, with um, him, Drew Barrymore, and Luke Wilson, Yep, which I might like to go back and see.
0: He's also the teacher in Ten Things I Hate About You. He's their English teacher. That is another movie I actually haven't seen. Oh, Um, highly inappropriate. (laughs) Shit, that movie gets away with. You're like, yeah.
1: uh, Oh, I thought you meant it was highly inappropriate. He hadn't
0: seen it. (laughs) No, both. Unlike the source material. (laughs) Uh, yeah, but I mean, there's there's moments in that movie. I'm like, mm, somebody's gonna go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> there's a real weird. I mean,
2: this is, it's such a cliche for cult movies, right? But it's beyond a. It's a. It sits in a weird spot. I was gonna say it's a cliche to say this about cultish movies. Oh, 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 but like oh. there is a lightning in a bottle feeling here, where sure. it's just like just the right odd mix of people from very different acting backgrounds and a script that started as one thing and became another and they they changed directors and well Carol Ramis is a great director but I think his coming at it with his comedic sensibility might not
0: have been the right move no this wouldn't have been good in his hands no I don't think don't I don't think so and I love everything Harold Ramis does but this would have felt more like Groundhog Day and we would not yeah. have when I don't think he would have given us the heart that we needed for Jason to
2: actually have in the end. When I think that taking taking everything a little more seriously, I mean, they, they talk about it in that documentary that the set design, when he left, went from make it look like it's made of cardboard to make it look like it's really good. And then they... Oh, even they the Thermian, uh Yeah, everything was kind of more cheesy.
0: Oh, no. They were that wouldn't A little worked. more
2: tongue-in-cheek, yeah.
0: Like, I love that quick shot we get at the beginning of the movie, uh, which I'll say here because this jumps halfway into the movie in the synopsis but when it's Galaxy Quest the 1982 show in the beginning holy crap that is the most Star Trek this movie gets like I'm like oh like even uh, Fred Kwan's makeup being like well he's got a certain tone to his skin we can make him look like this (laughs) Um, I like his eyebrows you know you mentioned
2: the Thermians and we're talking about the actors we love in this Enrico Colatoni. So <laughs> It's just so funny.
0: It's, I guess, a theater warm-up exercise? Oh, yeah. And
2: Working all the way through your resonators.
0: And when he did it in the audition, the... Did you see this, Colin? Mm-hmm. The casting director is, like, showing other people auditioning, be like, read it like this. Read it in this, to this tone of commander, you
3: are our last hope.
2: Yeah, the way that they all talk
0: is. It's came, he,
2: he did it. He didn't did it. Didn't even do it in his main audition. He sort of was about to leave the room apparently, and did and went, did one of the classic. Look, I've been thinking of this weird thing. Can I just try it for you? <laughs> and they loved it so much that like it became the whole shtick, you know. And it's, I mean, he's. I always like him. Yep. He will always be uh, Keith Mars to me. Is that Veronica's uh, dad? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, And uh, if you haven't seen Veronica Mars, go
0: see Veronica Mars. Um, And the other thing that's so great that uh, a lot of people don't even think about is that the Thermians walk same arm to same leg. Which, when you think about trying to do that, yeah, apparently that was a different thermian came up with that. There was just a lot
2: of creative input here. Apparently, I
0: think that was Rain Wilson. I think Rain Wilson. Was- mm,
2: I feel like somebody else was name checked.
1: Yeah, but remember what they are in real life? They're like octopuses, so they would walk. Right, strength. I know, but it's just oh, right, right.
2: The, the, the idea that they didn't quite get it right—it's so great. Apparently, it was really fun. For the poor background actors who were playing Thermians who had to be like, wait, <laughs> I have to do what? Because you if you've never tried to walk while swinging your hands the
0: wrong with your legs. It's not easy. It's Our bodies want to do it the other way. It's a balance thing. <laughs> so it's just kind of like your body's going, nope, yeah. nope we're going to fall over. But they seem to have gotten,
2: I mean, he, uh, you know, I know that uh, Enrico Colantone mm-hmm. went to Yale. I don't know whether he did like sort of theatrical clowning as opposed to circus clowning, theatrical clown training there. I would be unsurprised to learn that he did. It felt like the Thermians particularly was like, let's get a bunch of clowns and just let them kind of clown until they came up with this really weird... And there are
0: two Thermians that end up going on to be in Star Trek. Well, we got Rainn Wilson was in, in Star Trek, right? Part of the original crew that goes to the planet, Oh no, is there when they first get there. Um, he's one of the lesser known ones. I can't remember a main scene he was in, but he is a time traveler on Enterprise. He comes from the 25th century, no. I think, which is getting a little wonky because... Uh, Got to be careful with all this yeah. time travel stuff now that one of their shows takes place very far in the future. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's just a really—it's
2: so it's smart fun done. film. It's it really is. Um, do you, mom, do you remember seeing no.
1: this? No, the first time I, I don't remember what I. But saw you'd it. seen it before oh, watching yeah. it for yeah, this. I had seen it before. I don't know whether it was. I don't. I don't really remember. You know me. I can't remember what I did yesterday. Mm. It.
2: Yeah. Before we get into the plot, what was your? Um, Take coming back to it.
1: I thought it. I I enjoyed it just as much. We watched it a few weeks ago, and then we we watched it again yesterday. And I intended to watch it again today, and got distracted with the bed. Uh, But I enjoyed it. I. I,
2: putting after- a bed together, you dirty minded podcast listeners.
0: Remember, you're on a podcast. Everyone's brain would. Some- I'm
1: putting together a full size day bed with a trundle.
2: A trundle is a part of a bed, you dirty minded podcast <laughs> listeners.
1: Uh, I know some of the things I learned, like that, you know, Sigourney Weaver wore um, a blonde wig.
0: It's not, that's not her real hair.
1: Which she kept after mm-hmm. production. And it said, and an enhanced bosom. <laughs> Yes. Which many of the crew said gave Weaver a totally new personality. Weaver often left the set in costume and returned to her hotel to admire herself, saying that she'd love being a starlet.
2: <laughs> yeah, she's very funny in the, the documentary, yeah, yeah. which really is worth a watch if you like the film. She just talks at length about, like, what it seems to view her characters being like who she could have been in an alternate universe mm-hmm. if she had had a different career in Hollywood, you know?
0: Hadn't become, you know, a badass sci-fi heroine in the Alien franchise? Yeah.
2: No, but if she'd if she gone into, a, you know, something that didn't lead that way, right? Like, if her breakout role hadn't been written for a man and therefore her, you know, in, you know, Scorning Weaver's a beautiful woman, like, if her looks had been forefronted in a different way and she hadn't gone into being, like, You know, I mean it's not that Hollywood didn't use her beauty in films, but it became serious and intense beauty, not blonde and unzipped, (laughs) like which is what you know. The character in this. And she just seemed to have a hoot. I mean, she's very funny in it. She's she seems like a, a charmingly Yes. Unself-serious What's person. What's the name
1: of this thing again? Um, but
2: Never Surrender. Never Surrender. Never surrender. Oh, I As of right know. now, it's on Prime. I think they might have made it, so it might actually be the rare thing that sticks around. I'll look for it.
0: Um.
2: Yeah, yeah. it's, it's a fun watch. There's
0: some interesting stuff in the it. The one thing we're also forgetting is Sigourney Weaver is not only beautiful, Sigourney Weaver is tall.
1: Oh, yeah. She is six she foot is. one. Oh, I didn't oh, know yeah. she was that tall.
0: Mm-hmm. So... I wonder how many Apple boxes Mr. Allen was standing on.
1: (laughs) I was just thinking that. I was just thinking that. So there's
0: a couple stories. I'll sprinkle them in when we get to them in the the synopsis. But there are real-life stories that happen to real-life actors in Star Trek that they put in this movie as characters. And one of them, I'd like to say to the person who, uh, I'll get to it when we get to it, but it's not fun. I think all we have left to do now is uh, discuss the movie itself, yeah? Yeah. All right.
3: Oh!
0: Oh, 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 oh. Uh, fun fact, the DVD copy I have of this, you can watch the entire movie in the Thermian language. Um, I made it. I love that. Maybe three minutes. I was <laughs> like, oh, this this gag got old I real love... quick. Yeah, it's because you don't do drugs. That's for well, people who Well, it's the same thing drugs. you can watch the Spaceballs <laughs> I have. Uh, you can watch it in ludicrous speed. And again. It's funny for about three minutes, and you're like, well, I'm not getting any jokes. How does it... It can't last more than about three Uh, minutes. I think they purposely don't make it as fast, but it's like... I'm like, yeah, (laughs) this is annoying, too. (laughs) See the Thurian language. (laughs) Uh, That's funny. Uh, Okay. Okay. All right. The cast of the old 1980s space adventure television series, Galaxy Quest, spend most of their days attending fan conventions. Oh, Colin, is this the point where we talk about how we've been to a Star Trek convention? Yeah. And who did we see there?
2: My memory is we saw Maria Surtis, and I do I did get
0: a signature from Nichelle Nichols. Ooh, once. I don't think it was at that one. Uh, I think that was something else. But yeah, Marina Sturgis. Do you remember what Marina Sturgis walked out on stage in? No. I will never forget this because I was like, Counselor Troy, <laughs> a turquoise, either leopard print or tiger print miniskirt showing off pretty much right down to her nipples. It was, I was like, what? Wait, what wait, is, wait, 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 wait.
2: Wait, wait. I'm ha- the geography the is was. Uh, me. The, the miniskirt was down yes. to her nipples.
0: Where do you where do you think a woman's oh, nipples no, <laughs> are located,
1: Casey? <laughs> I'm confused.
0: No, uh, the the, the <laughs> cleavage was almost all oh, the way down okay. to her nipples. And the oh, okay, okay. And you forgot it, that word. <laughs> we actually got a little. I mean, this is obviously before so many spoiler things, but we found out that Counselor Troy was going to end up in a uniform. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, because she was talking about how. So it
2: must have been going into season six. Yeah,
0: yeah. but Chain of Command is when she yeah, first yeah. gets a uniform, old Ronnie Cox. And she's yeah. like, and now I'm saying all these words like thermodynamic interchange. You know, she's now doing techno garbage because she now uh, has a uniform. She's like, so the less of my boobs you can see, the smarter I get.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I've. Been to a couple
2: of these kind of conventions. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think that when you
2: went to the one in Minnesota, f- was when you met Nichelle Nichols. It's possible. No, that was more of a role playing convention. Okay, uh, but and it's um, everybody who has reacted to this who is involved in this fan culture at all, right? You know, Star Trek people uh, have said that they really painstakingly captured a, a lot of the energy of mm-hmm. it in in a really great way. Yeah, you know? yeah
0: and this is pre like Comic Con being. Everybody goes to Comic Con. This is this right. is,
2: This is back when Comic Con was about um
0: comics, right? You, or yeah. or there was a separate convention for Star Trek and there was a separate convention for Star Wars. There was now it's all just uh, eh, just go to San Diego Comic Con, be nerds there together.
1: Okay,
2: there are still
0: separate conventions. There was
2: a sure, convention the- ra- uh, at the Meadowlands here recently for the office. Wow. Oh Dundercon. Don't ever don't don't ever,
1: don't ever don't, tell Bean that.
2: Oh, I should have told her that. Yeah, oh, she was gonna come she back for been, the old Dundercon. I
0: love Shadow. She's actually really she's uh rewatching uh, Brooklyn Brooklyn 99, which also I'm not mad about. Do,
2: wait, but but do you know who was in the office?
0: Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson, who was in this movie. That was the joke. No.
2: <laughs> Your commander is on deck.
0: Through the series, conceited former star Jason Nesbitt, played by the kind of funky political views uh, Tim Allen, (laughs) thrives on attention. And the other cast members, Gwen, Alexander, Fred, and Tommy, resent him to varying degrees and states of their career. How did I come to this? Not again. I played Richard III. Five curtain calls. There were five curtain calls. I was an actor once...
2: Now look at me. Look at me. They thread the needle here really well, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Of making this a situation from which all of these people need a change without making fun of fans and fan conventions. 100%. They need a change from this, and yet it's not, like it could have been so mean-spirited in the name of setting up this as something that needs changing. They thread the needle pretty nicely, and the same with sort of who Jason is, right? Like mm-hmm. he's he's a schmuck and he's he's self he's conceited and but you he's not a monster. He's one step removed from Guy. Yeah, right. He's see the, it's funny. He and Guy have a lot in common.
0: The right? only thing is, is that Jason was the star of this. Guy yeah. was in you know ten minutes of one episode. He was the red shirt. You probably
1: don't remember me, do you? It's the sunglasses, right? I was on the show in '82, episode '81. Got killed by a lava monster before the first commercial.
0: Before we leave the convention, the story of him being in the bathroom and the people coming in and making fun of him happened to William Shatner. Wow. At a convention in the 80s. Wow. Before Star Trek blew up again. Oh! Yeah. He was at some small convention, went to go to the bathroom, some people were making fun of him, not realizing that, that you know, Star Trek's not hasn't had a show in 20 years, all that stuff, so...
1: Oh, mm. but okay, that scene, I was lost as to what you were talking about.
0: At a
2: convention, Jason is approached by a group who calling themselves Thermians, led by Mathazar, who requests his help. Jason thinks they want him for a promotional appearance and agrees. The next morning, when the Thermians pick him up, Jason is hungover and does not grasp that the Thermians are aliens. This is great. You know, usually it's just cardboard walls in a garage. And that he has been transported to a working recreation of the bridge of the NSEA Protector, a starship from Galaxy Quest. One thing that is interesting, they, um... The bit... Skip over Justin Long?
3: I was wondering if uh, you could help settle a
1: dispute that my crew and I seem to be having.
2: Oh, they do skip over Justin Long. Right. The establishing of Justin Long as the fan we will follow here. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Uh, he's so good. He's very funny in this movie. His
0: line reading of... I hadn't even gotten to the relevant conundrum.
2: <laughs> yeah. He's... He's very, very, very funny in this movie. Did
0: you see, uh, a, this is his feature film debut. Did you, oh, yeah. I mean, went,
1: did you see who he went up against?
0: Oh, I saw one of the names. I was like, oh, they made the right choice. Kevin Kline? We were- no.
1: <laughs> no. Oh, I've lost it. People I have never heard of, but probably you guys would know who they are.
0: Was Seth Green one of them? I feel like that was one of them. So that's a logical choice.
2: But Seth Green was on Buffy at this point. He, sure. And he actually left Buffy by this point, so... And um, or was about to leave Buffy. He was about. Well, to
0: leave Justin Long was on Ed, wasn't he? Wasn't that <sighs> what kind of got Justin Long? That's isn't Ed after this. I don't know. I never watched Ed. Oh, here we go. Okay,
1: Karen Culkin. Oh right, yes. Eddie Eddie oh. Kane Thomas and Tom Everett Scott. Oh, Those Tom all Everett
0: make, Scott makes sense. No, Eddie T- Kane Thomas maybe the only one of the three that might have done a, a, a good job too would have been Karen. Karen's really funny. Well, yeah. They
1: said that Parasat had given him, had given Long a copy of Trekkies, a film about the Star Trek fandom, to help prepare for the God. character.
0: Oh, that movie's so embarrassing. He says, Long, based,
1: and- Long based his character on a combination of Philip Seymour Hoffman, Scotty Jay from Boogie Nights, and the comic, and oh, the comic yeah. book guy from The Simpsons and Paul, Ru- Paul, Paul Rudd edition for the role also. Paul Rudd. He is have that been what too he old? auditioned
0: for? Paul Rudd. He's a no clueless was ninety seven. He's and Paul he's, Rudd doesn't age, well, but true. he
2: wasn't playing a high school. He wasn't playing a high school student in ninety zero. I mean, Justin Long is. I mean, I think he's like twenty or twenty one in this. Um, yeah, he's only a couple years older than me. I think
0: he's like forty five at this point.
2: But he is the rare twenty year old who still seems believably like a mid to late adolescent. Yeah. I don't think especially with that haircut. Any of those actors you listed would have um in the quite the same way. Yeah. But uh he's he's great in it. He's really, really funny. Uh Ed I checked Ed was the next year. It came out in two thousand. So I would not be surprised if this film helped launch him towards, mm-hmm. you know, a series regular gig on mm-hmm. that. Uh um, Eddie Kane Thomas uh Oh Eddie uh, K Thomas uh, could have been interesting. Yeah, I like Eddie K.
0: Thomas. He's uh from um American Pie, right? That's who I'm thinking of?
2: I mean, it's from a lot of
0: stuff, but yes. But that that, that would have been the year before, 98 was uh, American
2: Pie, so. No, 99 is American Pie.
0: Oh, 99 is American Pie. The same summer, yeah. So he probably, you know, the buzz was, hey, this kid's really funny. Let's put him in this movie, too. I'm glad they didn't. Justin Long's perfect. Justin Long has never given a performance in a movie that I haven't loved. Yeah, I like him. I like him in this. He's very funny. Justin Long is slowly becoming the Scream King. Also,
2: oh, it's true. If you haven't seen Barbarian, go see Barbarian. Don't read about it. Don't read a damn
0: thing. Just watch the movie.
2: <laughs> Not you, Mom. You well, too. No, nope, too, nope. too scary. Believing he is on a set and must perform in character, he confronts the Thermians. Enemy, the evil warlord, Sarus. Who plays Saras? Did we get this at all?
0: Yeah, I don't remember who. He was very Robin good. Robin somebody. Not Robin no. Sachs. No, uh, maybe. Um, um, while you're looking, uh, I, I'm going to quibble with the word um, must perform in character Jason is, uh, as they say in the biz, phoning it in. (laughs) Yeah, right.
3: I will require a technician. Mm. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. Let's fire blue particle cannons full. Red particle cannons full. Gannett magnets. Fire them left and
2: right. And let them run all shoots while you're at it once. Toss that at him, killer. That should take care of old lobster head, shouldn't it? There is a neat little trick that I did not notice until it was pointed out in the documentary. But if you go back and watch, that... Um, so, obviously, when you see... Yes, it is
1: Robin Sachs.
2: It is Robin Sachs. Oh, my. Uh, no longer with us, Robin Sachs. Yeah. Uh, oh, really? Yes. Uh, you know who Robin Sachs is, Mom? Do you remember the he was a recurring villain on Buffy. He was Giles old friend. He had the costume shop, the Mm -hmm. Halloween episode. And then, uh, second episode where he was going to feed all the babies to the, (laughs) the demon. And the one, which is the one with the candy with the candy that made all the adults turn into irresponsible teenagers. Oh. (laughs) Oh Lord. Um, yeah, it's a great episode. Bad candy. Uh, season three, um, where yeah, so that's Robin Sachs. He's also and I just saw him recently because uh, the Woog and I are making our way slowly through Jurassic Park, and he has a little bit mm-hmm. at the beginning of the Lost World as sort oh, of oh right, a,
0: he's the he's the foppish yeah yeah,
2: yeah. okay yep yep he was a, um, he was just that character actor oh what a yeah
0: Colin can I can I make a suggestion yeah. Lie to the Woog. Say that Jurassic Park 3 was the end of the Jurassic Park franchise. Don't. It's too, oh,
2: don't. it's far too late for that. He absolutely, absolutely knows all about it.
0: Con, uh, I, I I, can't stress this enough. Jurassic World Dominion. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Was a giant shit Even show. Even I didn't like it. <laughs> it makes Jurassic World look like Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, but
2: none of us are seven. You know. You know? Oh, thank God. God, God Let me seven. ask you this. Are, are there dinosaurs? He, if there's Do they dinosaurs in
1: him, he's. he's he, that's, that's really that's yeah. it.
2: I see fear that is expected. Mm-hmm. So while we're talking about Saris, the main villain of the film, mm-hmm. what a fantastic design oh, yeah. and such, and the Stan Winston at the top of their game. And I say there because I don't, you know, Stan Winston was a person, but the, you know, the efforts of the whole Stan Winston studio. Sure. Um, they were a Weta of the time. I, yeah. Oh, gosh. I mean, just as good as it gets in practical effects. You know, similar to when we talked about First Contact, mm. this is in such a sweet spot for me for this kind of film where there's just enough CGI that, you know, uh, is it? No, they, they, I think it's he's a,
0: all practical.
2: No, no, no. I mean in the film there is CGI oh, yeah, work yeah. in the film though It's a sure that's a, that's a that's a practical model of a ship. I think the only real like pure CGI is the rock monster The rock monster a few other things I think but oh, there's,
1: oh and all the miners. Oh Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say what about the little little babies sure. I mean,
2: they're like three years old miners not miners you lost me. It's at this wonderful late 90s hinge point where there's still lots of practical stuff and just yep. enough CGI to sweeten and enhance. And it, it it's totally just, again, I think I said this during First Contact, it's, it feels it feels like what movies are supposed to look like because yeah. it's a period of time where I started taking the movie going more seriously and seeing a lot more movies and noticing mm-hmm. how things are made and you know it, it's totally betraying my age but I'm like oh yeah that's what a movie's supposed to look
1: wasn't like wasn't the omega three <laughs> uh, omega thirteen CGI
2: oh yeah, yeah oh yeah the omega thirteen is one hundred percent that CGI. was pretty that one looks a little bit like. The the DNA clippy from Jurassic Park. That one is not...
0: Dono DNA. Yeah, exactly. Well, first of all, Mr. DNA is hand-drawn animation. How dare you? I know. but <laughs> um, uh, What were you going to say in the documentary? Because I remember there being something cool about the Sarah's uh, costume.
2: No, there's really nothing to talk about about that other than just... I mean, it's just that stood out to me because it's probably been 10 years since I've watched this movie. And when he came on and started speaking, I'm like, oh, right. This is a terrific makeup puppetry combo. I liked his little flippers
1: in the back. (laughs) The way they would flip. That only popped
2: up when he was angry. Those were cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's a great great bit and makes for a really fun villain.
3: Yeah,
1: he played it very well. You've still got to finish your paragraph.
2: There's more reading. Okay, (laughs) evil warlord Saris, who demands the Omega Thirteen, a secret super weapon mentioned in the final scene of the series, which was never used and whose capabilities are unknown. Uh, So this is a riff on the um, the Corbomite, right? Maneuver. Yep. So the uh, the Corbomite maneuver from the first from uh, the original series, which is something that Kirk. Buffs and makes up. Right, this is that giving. Perf- <laughs> I know that I, I understood that reference. Uh, giving perfunctory <laughs> orders, Jason manages to temporarily defeat Saris.
1: After the grateful thermite, I knew I was going to mess that. Termites. Thermite. Th- thermanians.
2: Lobster thermidor. Lo-
1: after the grateful Thermians, transforming back to. After the grateful Thermian <laughs> transport him back to Earth, Jason realizes. The experience was real. He attempts to convince the other cast members, but is rebuffed. When the Thermian Lillari, well, yep, Lallaria,
2: got it, appears. No, no, it can't be Lallaria. No, no, Lillari. Lillari.
1: said it was like Malaria, so that's why I went with that. Lallari. Yeah. <laughs> You can cut all this, right?
0: Uh, well, not, I can. He could. <laughs> oh, but
2: I won't.
1: You're going to embarrass me. Oh, thanks.
2: Do you not understand the purpose of this podcast? <laughs> yeah, <right.
1: laughs> uh, Surprise. Well, <laughs> appears and requests Jason's help again. The cast, thinking it is a job, join him. Including?
0: That's a great bit, yeah, right? right? It is. I
3: think we should have just taken the gig. I mean, who knows the next time he'll ask us. But he was drunk. You really think he was talking about a job?
0: It's not mentioned here, but in the convention, when Justin Long is trying to get him to explain the schematic thing, and he's like, it's just a goddamn show, and he runs away. Later, when Gwen and uh, Alexander are talking on the phone, first, I love that we never see Alan Rickman without the fish head thing on, like, He just always has that on, even though he's out of costume. Even when he's drinking a beer in his apartment, right? Right. But when they're talking, Gwen says that... I mean,
3: my TV Guide interview was six paragraphs about my boobs and how they fit into my suit. Yeah.
0: Can you take a guess which Star Trek actor had that same interview? Any of the women? Uh, A very specific one who was on Voyager. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Jerry Ryan. Jerry Ryan, seven uh, of nine. And look, it's gross. Having I'm currently re- watching for the first time Voyager, and, like, they'll give her something good to do, and, you know, Jerry Ryan is a good actor, but then, like, you can just hear Frickman in the background be like, make it sexy. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable. I'm like, no, just let her be a good actor, because she, she is. She's great on Picard.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I didn't. Know any of these specific references? But that I'm actually sure. Probably every actor who's been on Star Trek, uh, actor uh, female, probably most female actors have had to deal with a interview like that.
0: Unfortunately, but or or on set. I mean, that's why uh, spoilers for Deep Space Nine. We don't have Jetzia. Oh really? Oh, is was she
2: leaving because of specific grossness on the part of?
0: um, the part of Rick Berman kept uh. being like, "You've got to be sexier in the scene," and she's like, "Um, I'm the intellectual old man. Uh, no, plus I don't I'm have to married be now. <laughs> yeah, by, <laughs> to a to a Klingon." So many spoilers. Sorry, Mom. You never made no, it that okay. far. Okay.
2: The, did you abandon watching
1: Deep Space Nine? Uh, I think so.
0: You can't say there's
2: baseball now.
0: There's no baseball. Well, there is baseball now. That's uh, the no, problem. No, no
1: there's, there's, there's no, no baseball, baseball now. now. Series is over. I didn't watch this, the World Series anyway because the Yankees weren't in it. Um, Deep Space Nine, I only watched a few. Oh, God damn it. Remember yesterday at the convention? Those people dressed like aliens? They were aliens. They were termites or, or Dalmatians. I, I can't really remember because I was kind of hungover. Thinking it is a job, join him, including their handler, Guy, who played an ill fated red shirt <laughs> in one episode of the series. <laughs>
0: Aboard the I love his reenactment of his death. It's so great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Aboard the Protector, the cast learns that the Thermians, who possess no concept of fiction, believe episodes of Galaxy
0: Quest are true historical documents. Not just episodes of Galaxy Quest. All that's television that's come from Earth.
2: Surely you don't think that Gilligan's Island is a
0: those poor people.
1: <laughs> Inspired by the crew's adventures, they have based their society on the virtues espoused by the show and manufactured a functioning replica
0: of the Protector. Sarah returns doing his best Colonel Kang from uh, Undiscovered Country. Wait, with the he, bolt- he has a bolted-on eye patch. Oh, he's got a bolted-on eye patch. I'm like, um, okay, <laughs> yeah. sure. And like a weird robo-hand. I love that it's not perfect. I love that it's like makeshift that he, like, threw it together. Uh, And he attacks the protector. Again, the ship barely escapes through a magnetic minefield. However, the ship's power source, the beryllium sphere, is severely damaged. The humans must travel to the surface of a nearby planet for a new sphere, which they snatch from ferocious, childlike aliens. I cannot tell you at least... Every couple months, because uh, she, who is my wife, uh, Danny, loves this movie. Oh, also. really? Yes. And we we quote a couple lines to each other when they first get to the planet. That, it's
1: an alien planet. Is there air? You don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> just randomly we'll quote that to each other. And also the other one is, oh, yeah, they can't be more than like six or seven. Oh, yeah. Minus? Minus. 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 Yeah, yeah. That's just so funny. Not minors. You would get minors again. You're I'm honestly. gonna say
2: again. I, I yeah. I love. It's so much funnier to me. It, that, that he's just a weirdo. That he's just that guy instead of being a stoner. I mean, it would have been funny if he was a stoner. Fine, but you know I, that I feel like it would have it would have gotten old faster. Mm-hmm. You would have been because partly because Tony Shaloub is. Tony Shaloub and so good. Yeah, you he's are monk for crying out loud. You just are surprised every time he says something weird, and I feel like if you'd had the construct of like he's stoned, you would have expected some of the jokes more.
0: Sure, I mean, I, I think one of my favorites is the um, when he's explaining to them that the brilliant the brilliant sphere is uh, cracked, is, and they're like, well. Let's do that. And he turns to the rest of the guys. He's like,
3: That's that's right again. Come come on, group hug.
2: Come on. Just how terminally unflappable he is. It's just (laughs) really funny. Until he's not. When he gets gel beamed up and just, That was a hell of a
1: thing.
0: (laughs) All right. I love (laughs) this. It's so good. It's
2: just very funny.
0: So the childlike aliens attack. The crew. This is not in the thing. I'm just but they skip it. Um it has bothered me since the first time I watched it. It bothered me last time when I watched it. I don't like Alexander's reaction to this moment. What? The screaming out the the window. All oh, right. Of course, it's always about you, isn't it? Uh Alexander Jason's just saved your life. Literally saved your life. Jason is probably going to die, and you're There's a point when the rivalry goes away.
1: Who's more narcissistic?
0: I think it's funny. Yeah, it's it just it just it bothered me a little. Everything else in the movie is wonderful, and much like Wrath of Khan, this doesn't ruin the movie for me. I'm just like, oh, I'm not wild about that reaction. Oh, I think I think it's part and parcel of the fact that even though they're all going,
2: what's going on, and we're here and we're on this other planet, that it really is not until. They've, the ship's been boarded and um, Mathazar is captured and tortured in front of yeah. them. and they have to admit what's going on that that it real the seriousness mm-hmm. of everything snaps in for them. So there's still a sense of him reacting as if it was as if he didn't just change up a real life adventure they're having, but rather demand a
0: rewrite of the script. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll take that. Uh, So when the humans return to the Protector, they discover that Ceres has seized the ship and demands the Omega-13 device. Jason confesses that he is not the commander and shows Ceres the Galaxy Quest historical documents. Ceres understands that they are just actors and forces Jason to explain to the disillusioned Mathazar. This scene, when they filmed it, was so emotional for Tim Allen, he had to ask for a break. To which Alan Rickman said, "I believe Mr. Allen has just had a real emotion."
2: <laughs> no, no, I, I I heard it. Oh, is. go ahead. It's th- in the. Th- yeah. I th- I think he just experienced.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that's, that's even better. You. That's so good. It's so good. This leads me to think. I like, mean, I don't think everyone really
2: dug. No, Tim Allen. No, that was that was that was playful. Apparently, Alan Rickman's sense of humor. <laughs> Was was a was he was apparently an extremely warm and loving person with a dry faux misanthropy. I mean, Justin Long tells a story in the thing about they were they crossed paths in a, a play, right? So Justin Long came in as part of the replacement cast, mm-hmm. and uh, it was, I believe it was a play called Seminar that was on Broadway, and Rickman left him a very lovely note on which he wrote in beautiful calligraphy hand,
3: <laughs> F- "You." <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was just his sense of humor and people who knew him, you know. But at the same time, like he's the he like was a very warm and loving flu to go see people in plays and stuff
0: kind of thing. You sure. Know? The entire Harry Potter kids cast had nothing but kind words for yeah, him. I can't to even Daniel Radcliffe mm-hmm. after um, you know, he was kind of becoming the sex symbol in the what was it, the reserve of Azkaban like the teen idol, yeah. uh, the scene where they're all in the uh, great hall sleeping because it's safer for them all to be together. Uh, apparently, you know, Daniel is getting a little big for his britches, so Rickman took him down a peg by putting a remote-control fart machine in his sleeping bag. <laughs> 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 and there are outtakes of They're walking all the so you just hear, <laughs> <laughs> and like, I believe that was
1: Radcliffe. <laughs> I can't wait to read uh, Rickman's book.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, um, so yes, that, that scene though is very good. It's a, it's a really, and again, like I don't, I don't know that Harold Ramis and if he'd gotten any of the people he wanted, I mean, I think they offered it to Bill Murray and things like that. You know, I don't see
0: getting to the level of sincerity that makes that scene. The only person I can think of on this list that may have done the scene Better because I feel like that was coming from a real place for Tim Allen. Kevin Klein would have sold the shit out of that moment. Sure, I mean, yeah. Oh, also, uh, but it's it's uh, since we're yeah. loving on Kevin Klein and we just brought up um, the Woog, Have you shown him the road to El Dorado? No, I bet he would. Uh, uh, let me rephrase that. You should show him the road to El Dorado. It's is it is it on, um, on Disney Plus? No, it's on, I believe it's on. Uh Max. I think it's on Max because it's a oh. well, it's a DreamWorks property, so Yeah, I don't know who owns, it, owns but all that d-
2: now. D- 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 it's, it's, it is a fun movie. I remember that.
0: It's Kevin Klein and Kenneth Branagh, and you you uh, can't go wrong. And they, much like uh, um, Batman the anime Series, they recorded all their lines together. No so fun. it's just the two of them. Yeah, I would, that's definitely on the list. Yeah, I think you would really find uh, that funny, and you wouldn't you would enjoy him. Yeah, well, I've seen that movie. <laughs> oh yeah, we
2: yeah, I like I saw mm-hmm. that movie. Probably
0: you and I probably watched it when it came out. I think with Gerilyn and um, Paula, our upstairs Gerilyn former, uh, my former Amda. Oh, at Amda, would did you watch it? We didn't watch it. At, at Amda, we watched it on hundred eighth. But I don't remember that. Uh, I, I believe we all watched that together. <laughs> I'm starting. To, I'm starting to sound like mom.
3: <laughs> I don't
0: remember <laughs> well, that, Colin. How about this? That was 21 years ago. And shh.
2: Omega thirteen uh, is reminding everybody of "Give Me Genesis." Yes, one hundred percent. Yes, he, he and the minefields is the Mutara Nebula slash every rip off of the Mutara Nebula in succeeding
1: Star Trek films <laughs> and uh, Strange New Worlds. Well, it was fun watching mm. the guy try to pilot the thing. No. Though my favorite thing was when he pulled him out of the space thing and he. <laughs>
0: Oh, it is comedy <laughs> gold because it starts funny. Then you go, all right, this bit's going on a little too long. And it sticks it so long. It circles right back. you start You start laughing again. It happened to me last time. I was like, oh, right. It's like, man, this is going on a long time. And then I started laughing again. I was like, God, yeah, that's the perfect joke. <laughs>
2: Saris activates the protector's self-destruct mechanism and returns to the ship, leaving the Thermians and the cast members to die. Um, um, um. The humans formulate a plan to abort the self-destruct and defeat Sarris' remaining troops on the ship. Jason communicates with Brandon, a Galaxy Quest superfan on Earth, and his network of friends with intimate knowledge of the show. They talk Jason and Gwen through the ship's core and help them abort the self-destruct
0: sequence. We got to talk about a bunch of stuff there. Um... Again, Justin Long's. We accidentally traded voxes the other day when we bumped into each other.
3: Oh. Oh,
0: Commander, I see. So funny. He's so good at
2: every line reading is gold from mm-hmm. him. He's so good. Oh yeah. I mean, and the cut to him taking out the garbage.
3: Mother, I cannot stress enough the severity of the don't commander's recyclable!
2: It's just deeply funny. It's a really, really and I don't know, because I, I do you get a strong sense that there was, there was a lot of pl- sense of play going on on set, and some improvisation and things like that. But it's a good script too. It's just a really yeah. solid
0: script. Yep, because it, it knows when to have heart and it knows when to be the silly comedy that yeah. it is. And it's just a really
2: killer, funny lines. You know.
0: In fact, uh, wait, let me read ahead in case because we can. Yep, Uh, we'll we'll talk about it here. You hire um, Alan Rickman, you're going to get an amazing, dramatic moment. The whole movie, he doesn't want anyone to say to him, by Grabthar's hammer, by the Sons of Warvan, you shall be avenged, when he says it to that dying Mm -hmm. Thermian. By Grabthar's hammer, by the Sons of Warvan, you shall be avenged. I cannot tell you how I still get choked up by it, because it is so... Good. From both of them. That actor's very good, too. But yeah, when Rickman gives that line, you're like, oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Even the first time you watch the
2: movie, you might have a sense of where the payoff of that is going to go. Mm-hmm. And yet, he brings every inch of his his talent to it. And it's such a great, great moment.
0: Also, when he uh, goes to attack, uh, what is Saris's race called? They don't say. Uh, when or- he's going to attack the one guard that's out there. Oh, yeah. The look that he has right before he tackles it, I'm like, oh, oh Alexander's going to straight up murder that alien. Like,
1: <laughs> he
2: is out for blood. And and then this is where you start to get a, another bit of the, of the world building and writing that I love, which is that they have copied this so exactly that there are <laughs> things that make no sense, like the chompers.
3: No, I mean, we shouldn't have to do this. Why is it here? Because it's on the television well, show. Forget it! I'm not doing it! This episode was badly written!
2: Ultimately that the ship doesn't blow up. It
0: always stops at one on the show.
2: Like they've never yeah,
0: right. <laughs> You know That
1: the, was so funny.
2: It's just a great, clever um bit of world building of it. It's very
0: and they do a great job of, like, like, in a lot of movies where you've got a crossover franchise actor, like Sigourney Weaver having done Alien for sci-fi, they do a great job of throwing in a subtle line to nod to that. Ducks. Why is it always ducks?
2: Oh, you know, I did not even connect that with Aliens so much as people crawling through Jeffrey's tubes all the time. But, yeah, it, sure. is, it is sort of an Aliens reference,
0: isn't it's it? It's a double, but, yeah, it's definitely supposed to invoke the... She crawls through a lot of ducks in the Alien franchise.
1: <laughs> See, I didn't watch that movie, and I forgot that she said that when they were in those ducks. And I'm you're saying you just read that line. i said that line, and I'm thinking I don't remember any
0: quack ducks,
3: quack ducks. Duck. In no, the, uh,
0: ducks. D- ducks. D- yeah, not not, not, not quack ducks. quacks. Jeffrey's tubes, but yeah, there bigger. you are. Like, do you think the actors from Next Generation were like, "What the hell? You can build stand-up ducks? <laughs> 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 we crawled on our hands and knees in costume." <laughs>
1: Is my microphone on? It is, all right. Hello, everyone. My name is Pat Benson, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Crossed Wires. It's for music lovers, but especially those who are into the tech side of things. I will dive heavily into topics about guitars, electronic instruments, and equipment with gear demonstrations and interviews with other musicians and artists as we get into the process of what inspires them to create. My first episode will air on Friday, June 17th, so make sure you tune in as I unravel a mystery behind a pedal known as the Ten Years. I will demonstrate the pedal on a guitar, bass, synthesizer, and even a drum machine. There may even be some special guest callers to help me try to solve this mystery. For more information
0: about this show, you can head on over to crossedwires.blog or follow me on Instagram at crossedwires. Yeah, that's the name of the show. Meanwhile,
2: Alexander leads the Thermians against sarus's forces and they take back control of the Protector. With renewed confidence, the crew challenges Ceres and draws his ship into the magnetic fi- minefield. This time, the Protector drags the magnetic mines into Ceres' vessel, destroying it. This is, this is a great moment. Yeah, it's a good payoff.
0: It's so good. Like, it's a pump your fists in the air when he's like, yeah.
3: <laughs> If you are counting on me to blink... Then you are making a deadly mistake. Well, let me tell you something, Ceres. It doesn't take a great actor to recognize a bad one. You're sweaty. You fool! You fail to realize that with your armor gone, my ship will tear through yours like tissue paper. And what you fail to realize is my ship is dragging
0: mine. Oh, this is kinda badass. Go
2: go Tim Allen. Yeah, it knows when to just stop trying to be meta or funny and be a good action movie for a few minutes. Yep.
0: We all get the, uh, what, what Saris's ship is supposed to be invoking. I'm trying to remember what it looks like now. Well, oh, it kind of looks like the, the doomsday device and a bird of prey. Copulated and made a little baby. Well, yeah, I mean the color scheme
2: is deeply Romulan, right? Uh-huh. Yep. Uh huh. Yep. But yeah, it does look like the the Doomsday Device from the Doomsday Device. the the big the the bugle the sp- the space bugle <laughs> the space bugle <laughs> not bugle the instrument but bugle the I believe defunct
0: corn snack. Nope. As someone who was traveling on the road just a couple months ago. Bugles are definitely still in gas stations. If you haven't tried bugles, try bugles. And if you don't like them, just put them on your fingers. Make little witch hands. (laughs) We're out. We're going home. Systems register functional.
3: All systems are working, Commander.
1: The Protector approaches Earth to bring the humans home. But Sarus, who escaped his ship's destruction, ambushes them on the bridge and fatally wounds several crew members. Jason manages to activate the Omega-13, which creates a 13-second time warp to the past, giving Jason and Mathisar a chance to disarm Saris before he repeats his attack.
0: If I may be a pet ant for a second, it's more a pet ant. If you take an ant and domesticate it. Oh, stop it. It's like a minute. (laughs) It's not 13 seconds.
1: Yeah,
0: no. <laughs> they jump back like a minute. I'm like, we're really stretching that 13 seconds out there. Movie seconds. Movie,
3: Movie seconds. Second.
0: Interesting. When Sarah kills everybody, who doesn't die? Kevin Klein. <laughs> Sam Rockwell. Oh, that's right. Yes. The the red shirt. He's the only one not to get shot. That's oh, fine. so that. fun. That's fine. Yeah.
1: I gotta go back and watch this movie after you guys have
0: pointed all this stuff out.
2: <laughs> I mean, this is one of those movies you can just pop on and watch anytime,
0: I think. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's tight too. It's like ninety minutes. Yeah. So the protector bridge separates from the main vessel, and uh there was no huge giant suite of music during the separation. <laughs> just separated and the movie went on. I was like, What where's my swell of music? Where's the? but a little a little
2: bell went off for me? I was like, So in case of emergency, save the lives of the main cast. Mm-hmm. a k the senior staff that's real it's a big big f you to the lower decks there folks
0: yeah i mean it it's literally like just the upper like it's just if the you bridge, have a window it's if the you bridge. Have, no it's it's more than the bridge it's it's like a it's really weird how it crashes into the convention center, but when it separates and it's coming down, there's like seven or eight levels like if you've got a window you're gonna survive a catastrophe <laughs> on the protector. If you don't, well, don't get too comfortable. Okay, so it separates uh, uh, from the main vessel to land the humans on Earth, while the main section of the ship carries Mathazar and its remaining Thermians into interstellar space. So they're just gonna travel around without an actual bridge. <laughs> they're just gonna they're gonna be on the battle bridge. The rest. Of it looks like they're on the battle bridge. Yeah. Okay. Guided by Brandon and his friends acting as beacons, the Protector Bridge crashes into Galaxy Quest Convention, coming into a stop on the main stage with a very oddly placed Kevin McDonald. Oh yeah. Why is Kevin McDonald in this? Because he loves Star Trek. He did, oh. Anytime they did um, stuff on Kids in the Hall for it, he would he would be the kirk. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Also, how long is this Galaxy Quest Convention? Yeah, it seems like it's like a three-day convention, which seems. Which means the main cast showed up the first day, and because the audience is absolutely surprised when they show up. I'm like, what were you guys doing here? There's then? a bit, when the parents are watching TV, Justin Long's parents,
2: where they talk about, well, the cast is missing. They were supposed to be, so maybe they were supposed to be a multi-day
0: oh, right. series of appearances, the cast and now they're missing. kind of
2: missing, yeah.
0: Okay, that makes sense. All right, Um so that means this whole movie takes place in like 36 hours. True. Wow. That's crazy. The day's cast emerges to cheers from their fans. I love like, and another crew member, the more the merrier, when Sam Rockwell shows up. <laughs> oh, yeah. But Sarah's reemerges to imperil them again. Getting fancy here, Wikipedia. No, Jason shoots and destroys. That is the understatement of the century. He sets his phaser to explode. <laughs> what? That is that is like, um, oh, season one ender of uh, Next Gen. Conspiracy. That is conspiracy level.
2: Oh, I don't remember. I thought he just sort of de- dematerialized like a Robin Hood Disruptor kind of deal.
0: No? No, he, he like dematerialized and went... Pow. Like oh, that's right. Pop at the end. And it was just like conspiracy that which still goes down as one of the most violent moments in Star Trek. Yeah. And the ecstatic crowd assumes it was all a massive display of special effects. The cast basks in the adoration of Brandon, his pals, and their fans. It was yeah.
1: nice that finally Ken, Tim Allen's character turns around and brings everybody else forward yeah. with him. Mm-hmm. That was nice. We yep. learned something on this
2: adventure. Sometime later, Galaxy Quest is revived as a sequel series, Galaxy Quest, The Journey Continues, with <laughs> the cast reprising their roles alongside Guy and Lilari as new cast members.
0: Now, some fun math. Galaxy Quest and Galaxy Quest the Adventures continue. The journey continues. How many years in between the two? Anyone do the math?
2: Assuming the film is set in the year it's made uh I, and what years are, is Galaxy Quest supposed to have
0: been on 82 is when it ended 17 years so 17 18 years because it comes it, it would have w- with production and everything it wouldn't come out right away so 18 years which is the time period between Star Trek and Star Trek the Next Generation and 18 years is also the time between nemesis and Picard uh
2: wait a minute yeah. It's eighty nine. Oh yeah, nineteen eighty seven. Nineteen. Okay. I feel like we've talked about this before, but despite you know being able to do the basic math, albeit a little slowly, um, it's still there's still something in my head. And mom, do you have this too? Where I'm like, it's not possible that nineteen eighty seven is only eighteen years after nineteen sixty nine. Nineteen sixty nine. That's the past. That's a long <laughs> time ago because I wasn't alive. Do you yep. know what I mean? Like it's just. Well, mom was. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't so have that so you don't have that. But but we talked about. I feel like we talked about this in an early episode. Probably I think it might have been Wrath of Khan. Fans, go listen to every episode and tell us. Um, redownload them. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, redownload them. Listen a couple times. I think I put a hypothetical of like 1942 and 1960. Do those seem yeah. like they're farther apart? That's 18 years. But mm-hmm. when I say, yeah, see, I just, you, nobody can see this, but mom's brow just contracted to indicate that this is, in fact, a universal
1: thing. So when dad graduated from college and from high school in 60, he was 18.
2: Like most people graduating from college. Or oh, high, school. High, school. high school high school yeah <laughs> you didn't see, say you, thing, see what you? your snarkiness got you uh, oh, like wow. most yeah so but you, but you think of those as such different eras right
1: mm-hmm. yeah that's very true yes um, it's definitely true with between forty forty six 46 and with that ability that
2: you start to have it has to bridge your your year your mm-hmm. yep. year of their birth i think for that phenomenon cuz you if i tell you 1978 is 18 years after 1960, it doesn't seem as weird to you. No, you're right. So this is a fun fact. Try this with your friends and family uh, and ask them about an 18-year gap that invo- that includes their year of their birth and see if their, their brows contract all weird-like. <laughs> see if this one blows your mind. The year 1084 was only 18 years after the Battle of Hastings. Does that blow your mind or what? <laughs>
1: no
0: anyway <laughs> moving, moving, moving on, on. <laughs> we've got questions um I think I think I we all know what the first the answer to the first one is this a good movie
1: yes yes yeah spectacular that is a great
0: movie this is so much fun now is this a good Star Trek movie mm. you know I think so go ahead casey I'm gonna say yes but uh, yes, it is, but uh, you have to be a specific kind of fan. I bet you there are some TOS fans, probably the same people that are calling new Star Trek not their Star Trek, that hated this movie. Like can't make fun of Star Trek. Star Trek's great. Star Trek's great, but also been Star Trek's kind of silly. I've
2: never heard anybody who likes Star Trek say bad things about this movie. I mean, look, those people certainly exist. We don't hang around them. I do think I do think some of the stuff like I've heard people say, "Why didn't we? Why didn't they do this?" As you know, I think I saw he shows up in the Brent Spiner shows up in the documentary. He's like, "We should have done this." I'm like, "No, I don't think it would work if it had been an official Star Trek thing, right?" Right. It only work, you know, but but it only no,
0: works because there's no actual
2: Star Trek actors in it to capture to capture. A lot of what makes Star Trek great and a lot of what makes it a great phenomenon and and the love of fans. Yeah, of course. It's great in that sense. Okay. Mom?
1: It's different Star Trek.
3: Yeah. (laughs) I don't think I'd
1: call it a Star Trek. I don't think I'd call it a spoof. I don't think I'd call it. I just, it's just something that the person that wrote it liked Star Trek and ran with it to do something
0: different. Would you believe that there are a lot of Star Trek fans that do like this film that consider this one of the best Star Trek films ever made?
1: No, nothing beats the whales. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or the whiz. I didn't say the best,
2: I said one of the best. I mean, it's it's, it certainly captures what makes Star Trek great better than some of the lower tier entries. Nemesis, um, but, Did, but it's weird to say it's a Star Trek movie, but it doesn't have, you know, because it lasts all, a lot
1: of the specifics, but it has all the
2: the same heart, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys read any of the quotes from Star Trek actors about I, this film?
2: I've seen some of it, yeah.
1: I think my favorite is uh, Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick Stewart. He said, I'd originally not wanted to see Galaxy Quest because I heard that it was making fun of Star Trek. And then Jonathan Frakes ran me up and said, you must not miss this movie. See it on a Saturday night in a full theater. And I did. And, of course, I found it was brilliant. No one laughed louder or longer in In the cinema than I did, but the idea that the ship was saved and all of our heroes in that movie were saved simply by the fact that there were fans who did not understand the scientific principles on which that ship worked was absolutely wonderful. And it was both funny and also touching, and it paid tribute to the dedication of these fans.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've done, um, even on this podcast, we've done stuff like, oh, the and Enterprise E looks different from first, first Contact to Insurrection to Nemesis. They they keep giving it little, like, facelifts or the decks don't make sense. But there are fans that are like, like, hey, in this one specific episode, this specific thing happened, and it contradicts this thing. And it's like, there's 50 years of this show, uh, the, of right. this franchise. Mistakes will be made. Right. I, I like that quite a lot. From someone who didn't unpack their bags the first six months filming started Trek: the <laughs> Next Generation. Oh, really? For him to have such a love oh, he thought Next Gen was gonna tank. Most people did. It yep.
2: it was not a s nobody had any idea how successful that was going to be
0: and what it was going to do to the franchise. No. So if you look at, at the beginning of that show, the first six months would have been how many episodes? The first half of the season, if even that? Uh
3: yeah, wasn't no, a whole lot of great no, stuff going on.
0: No,
2: it probably the probably filmed the whole first season in six months. Really? No, no, probably closer to about episodes? nine. 22 episodes? Probably closer to about nine months.
1: Cause, yeah, because that was an hour. That was an hour show. 44 minutes. Oh Yeah, right. True. Thanks
0: to commercial.
2: Te- yeah, television, especially then, did, do, can and does shoot pretty fast. You can usually shoot an hour long, and it, they usually do it in about a week. A week, of, a week of principal photography. This is
0: a question we should have asked. Jonathan Frakes. Damn it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, would you recommend this, uh, someone's intro to Star Trek? If there was somebody who liked this kind of comedy,
2: but it was really trepidatious about Star Trek, it could serve as a sort of gateway drug, a methadone in reverse, um, <laughs> you know, this sort of... Yeah, tip a, dip a toe into the water of, of you know, a sort of humanist space opera.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, The Bean um, does not like Star Trek. Did she, has she seen this? <laughs> we have tried three separate times when I watched it the other night because we I was planning on having uh, a segment with The Bean and She Who Is My Wife uh, talking about the movie, but uh, Bean wanted nothing to do with it, so... Uh-huh. We don't get that um, Yeah, just uh, not, not her jam So it does not always work Yeah, And she loves goofy comedies
2: Like this But it's a movie that you don't have to know You don't have to like or know anything about Star Trek To enjoy it, you, you just enjoy have to it know it on like, the idea Vastly different level if you know Even a little bit about Star Trek But, but she was such a nerd when
0: she was little yeah, She's a different kind of nerd now She's a theater <laughs> nerd She's a theater nerd, right? Yep, I'm not mad about that If no. they had cast Michael Keaton
2: <laughs> Actually, Michael Keaton could have been This was in the, the Michael Keaton interregnum sort of Where he was not really making movies But he, this is the kind of part that he could have done too As uh, But he did it in Birdman he, he got this part out of the way in Birdman Oh, Birdman I hated that you know movie. Oh, no, I hated really? that movie Wow Look, to be fair, that movie hated me And everyone else who watched it it was that movie was was hated its audience, and that's what was made it so
0: unpleasant. That's yes, sure. Okay. <laughs> um, never saw it, so. So Kirk Drift Status Update. I think we can turn this into how many Kirkisms does um, Tim Allen do to great success?
1: Well, let me just read another review here. Hold on a second. Oh, is, be this,
0: fine. is this James T?
1: No. No, I'm not going to read you his. His was tacky.
0: Yes, it was. (laughs) It just shows what an asshole he is.
1: All right. George Takei said... Takei. Takei, sorry. I think it's a chillingly realistic documentary. And then he laughs. The details in it, I recognize every one of them. It is a powerful piece of documentary filming. And I do believe that when we get kidnapped by aliens, it's going to be a genuine, true Star Trek fan who will save the day. I was rolling in the aisles, and Tim Allen had that Shatner-esque Chatner-esque swagger down pat. And I roared when the shirt came off, and Sigourney Reaver rolls her eyes and says, there goes the shirt again. How often did we hear that on the
0: set? <laughs> I'm sure a lot. Yeah. Kirk, Kirk spends a lot of the series without a shirt on.
1: And, and it's it's a nice thing to say, even though he and and Shatner don't get along.
0: Yeah. Not many of, I mean, Shatner just took another pot shot at the fact that it's pretty much Koenig, Takei, and him left. And he's like, well, I guess I don't have anybody to talk to at conventions anymore. I'm like, wow. What a dick. Mm. So he does the, the roll, he does the shirt thing, but he also does at the beginning when they're doing the in-episode thing, he does the Kirk thing, the... Uh-huh. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and the rolling. Hey, and the rolling to get anywhere. He's got a yeah. roll yeah. to get... Something. Which, <laughs> I thought that uh, much so like
0: funny. the by hammer, is what saves the day. He rolls and shoots Zerus. Uh, I do wish that at some point they'd worked him in doing the,
2: the double... Fo- the double Foot sidekick, sidekick,
0: a little Kurt Fu, Kurt Fu. But, Kirk Kirk yeah. but
2: <laughs> again, it really what makes it work is he doesn't, he, he's not doing a Shatner impression, he's not doing Shatner. I mean, he's playing Tim Allen, right? Like, Tim Allen does some good acting in this movie, but he's not a transformative actor, like, he's, nope. he's playing Tim Allen in this situation. Um, uh, but which is fine. I mean, that I, I, that sounds like a knock on him, but, you know, neither is Harrison Ford and neither was Humphrey Bogart. He's, it's a movie star thing. Um, yep. He... Um, so, but I think that's really smart. Like, doing a, if he had tried to do Shatner Voice or any of that, it just, I don't think it would work.
0: No, it's a perfect amount of Shatner salt on... The meal that is Tim Allen's performance in this movie, best moment
1: when Alan Rickman did his scene, by like,
0: the serious Grabthaw's yeah, and,
2: and that's pretty great.
1: That was that to me. That was great.
2: Actually, you know what? You know what? I laughed at so hard I rewound though. Is an early one by Grabthaw's hammer. What a savings! <laughs> It's you can just you can so, feel a bit of his soul die. It is so well acted and so funny. It's so funny. Um, it's hard to pick a, a, a favorite moment, though. It's just such a it, it's
0: a. But yeah, I think it's when Sam Rockwell when they first land and he just screams uncontrollably
3: <laughs> because if you
0: watch, nobody knew that's what he was going to do. The director knew he didn't just scream uncontrollably. It was. Between the two of them. But if you watch, Sigourney Weaver screams also. And obviously, they just dubbed in another scream because she screams too. But she genuinely did not know that was coming. Yeah. <laughs> and it's such a great moment of him just uncould like, I believe that would be the reaction. Of most of the population of this planet, if we suddenly were transported to his okay. ship and squid like aliens came out and then turned into humanoids and were like, oh, sorry. Well, anyways, uh, you want to go take a tour of the ship? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was cute. Okay. Uh, Admiral status actor Rickman. Yeah, it's Rickman. Yeah.
1: Yeah. God, he's so good. He's he very is. funny. I, he was just so good. He was. <sighs>
2: and and but let's just say like that's an amazing feat because this is like a perfect Sam Rockwell performance. It's a perfect uh, Tony Shalhoub performance. like some of the best character actors of the late 20th century are in this and, uh, and but yeah, it's
0: Rickman. <laughs> yeah
1: He's the only actor who who's passing really, really upset me. I mean, it really took me by surprise, and I was, I was, it really shocked me, and I was very upset. It still bothers
0: me. It's just not fair. Anyway. So, uh, Colin, do you have any episode pairings?
2: Yeah, actually. um, Mm -hmm. I do, too, but go ahead. Well. Funnily enough, are you caught up on um, Prodigy? Just Prodigy, this, yes. Last week's episode God, of Prodigy jamming, it was so good. Would be which um, which was a, a love letter to the original series that also had a really clever concept that involved uh, that was would be would yeah I would say that the
0: same idea they find they find ship logs and they they follow everything but stuff gets messed up. That's a great episode. There's also an episode of Voyager. I haven't gotten to it yet, but I keep seeing pictures of it. I'm like, I feel like this is going to be a really fun episode where the same thing happens. And let me see if I can just show you this picture.
2: Is it the, the, the serial one? Oh, no. I can't see that.
0: Hang on, hang on. Let me turn off my light. Hang on. Fake Janeway and fake uh, Tuvok. The episode is called Live Fast and Prosper. <laughs> Type that in and just look at the pictures and it is just, everybody's just a little off and it's the same idea. Like, you have the general idea of what Star Trek is. You know, if you want a really, really different
2: uh, hits in a, a totally different emotional register, but a, a meta Star Trek take far beyond the stars. Oh, if you want to be sad. If you want to be really sad. Maybe the best Deep Space Nine episode. Just an absolute. uh, So it's an episode in which Cisco wakes up as a science fiction writer in the 1930s working in the pulps. and, And is writing about this idea and basically writing Deep Space Nine. And fighting everyone, even his friends, saying,
0: "You can't have the captain be black." Yeah, it's the same idea. It's a black captain, deep space station, and, and, whole nine yards.
2: And and he write he he writes under a, a assumed cloak of, of whiteness, just like one of the other writers played all and all the actors play other characters in it. And so uh Nana Visitors character is a is a writer who writes under an assumed she writes uh using initials under an assumed cloak of Divac- of maleness. Uh yeah, it's DC it,
0: Fo- Fontana.
2: Yeah, it's, D- it's DC it's DC Fontana, right? Yeah. Fontana, yeah. Um or or any you know up to including the 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 greatest living science fiction and fantasy writer, N.K. Jemisin, who still who used initials. It's a great episode. Totally yep. different emotional <laughs> register than Galaxy Quest. If you want, yeah, you will be. You will be. Or <laughs> if you want to be really Space Fabulous. Nine, super funny, weird meta episode, Little Green Man.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good one
2: too. Where yeah. all the Ferengi wind up being the uh, Area Fifty Roswell, the Roswell aliens, due to time travel
0: shenanigans. Oh, those old time travel time travel shenanigans! Uh, fun fact: They toyed with the idea. If you watch the uh, "What We Left Behind" the D. Space Nine documentary, originally they were going to have the end of the show be you wake that, back up as Gabriel. Yep, that's it, Gabriel, sh- right? Gabriel, yeah, that the whole show. No, Gabriel's the Benny. Gabriel Benny Bell Russell. Is, Benny Russell. Yeah, Gabriel Bell is Gabriel the, Bell uh, is is um, is the other character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Benny and Russell, and I say. Um, no, that would have been a terrible end to the show. <laughs> it's all a dream. It's all his writing. Yeah, yeah that yeah. would have been. But then,
2: horrible. but then, it's a snow globe, and no, sorry, that's the ending of.
0: And it's a child with autism. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, that's the Jesus. That's this, up there too. Work it into the same elsewhere universe. Melt the multiverse. Or
0: continue in Star Trek universe. It's the end of Enterprise, where the final episode is Riker on. The uh, holodeck Reliving this mission That the, the Enterprise crew went on That takes place during Pegasus Yeah, Mom, you remember the end of "Saying Elsewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's
2: like yeah. uh, 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 Implied yeah. that It's all been In the imagination of Of this uh, uh, th- He was an autistic character,
0: right? He was a child with autism, yeah, yeah. No, 100% um, Which I say, no thank you well, <laughs> That is That is not how that works. (laughs) No, it's, yeah,
2: it's weird. But do you, you've ever followed, you can follow people online who've, because it was St. Elsewhere crossed over with Hill Street, right? Which crossed over with this, which crossed over with this, like half of television, like all the way, like the X-Files technically through crossovers makes it into being part of the
0: same extended universe. Well, Which the, is actually all just the imagination of a child with autism.
2: All just a way of saying that when the internet was invented, people did not know what to do with it, except create elaborate bullshit.
1: <laughs> do you remember that the, the uh, I'm sure you don't, but Bob Newhart, his second show where he was the innkeeper? Remember yep, the yeah, ending, and he wakes up and he's, yeah. he's in bed with what's-her-face from his first show?
0: Right, right. They did the same thing, I think it was on Fallon, when Breaking Bad ended... They did the same thing where he showed up as Malcolm's dad from Malcolm in the Middle. Be like, I had this strange dream. I was a meth cooker and I was a like, drug lord. Yeah. <laughs> really. Warm. And they did. they have uh, taking that joke so far. Archer did a bit
2: where Archer got amnesia and became Bob from Bob's Burgers.
0: Oh, that was one of the best.
2: That was a good one. I mean, is there any other really great TV and movies we could just spoil for our audience? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, uh, Snape kills Dumbledore. Oh
2: come on!
0: Keeping it, keeping it with Rickman.
2: Do you know how hard it is to get a seven-year-old who's read all the books not to tell all his friends how it ends? Oh. He wants to talk about it, and I'm like, and he's he doesn't care about being spoiled, and I'm just like, you man, you can't tell people they don't want to know; <laughs> they want to find out. Not everybody's himself. that
0: way. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, David Mamet has a list of four perfect movies. David Mamet, who did Punch Up on the Prequels. Wait, what? Yeah. Mamet helped do some punch-up on at least oh, Revenge wow, of the Sith. That's death. weird. And I'm like, and and
2: that's still what we got. <laughs> so David Mamet's four perfect movies. Oh, boy. Here we go. The Godfather. <laughs> geez, how original. A Place okay. in the Sun. Okay. Doddsworth. I haven't even heard of that. And Galaxy Quest. What? Now, I, I I does make me go. So, David, what didn't you like about the Princess Bride? Yeah, uh, but you know what's damn close to a perfect movie, Master and Commander. Okay. Um, <laughs> I forgot to say I didn't wind up even saying the thing about the the aspect
0: ratios in this movie. Oh yeah, they're funky. <clears throat>
2: well, mm-hmm. they blow up. They blow up to cinemascope when they when he. When he sees.
1: Oh yeah, that was
2: interesting. Yeah, it,
0: it that was really out when, interesting. Yeah. It
2: goes from from four three when you see the old series yeah. to one thirty five uh, to one forty five, and then
0: two thirty five. Yep.
1: And they didn't they, when it first came out. They didn't tell the projectionists about it. So yeah. They have, sometimes they they still had the curtains there.
0: Oh, the unions must have been pissed about that. <laughs> so, crew of the USS Ryan. <laughs> mm-hmm. Here we are at the end again. Um, we thought we were done, but coming back. Now that's been scrapped. So, this may be our last episode again. Um, once again, thank you to Night Shift Radio for hosting us. Thank you to our podcast daddy, Michael Fight, for letting this fun uh, joke text exchange become an actual show.
2: Wait, wait. Does our podcast daddy happen to have the same birthday as Casey and I's actual
0: daddy? He does. Isn't that wild? Just 39 years apart.
2: Do you well, know what
1: else is wild? When we were at dinner last night. Kevin Stephen, Klein. No. <laughs> Kevin <laughs> Klein was at dinner? <laughs> when we were at dinner last night with Steve and Dory, mm. Dory said to Steve, Today is his actual birthday. He goes, Really? It's my brother's birthday.
0: What? <laughs> wow. Oh, that's funny. He was, his
1: brother was only 66, to which Dad said, Me too.
0: <laughs> no. Just a couple anniversaries of that, right?
1: Yeah, right. But that's really strange.
0: So, yeah, it was Michael's birthday yesterday, as it was our father's, and that's that's kind of a cool con- connection there, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Podcast yeah. Daddy and Real Daddy.
1: Well, we appreciate you, everything that you've done for us. Yeah. We've enjoyed it. I have I have we'll enjoyed it.
0: We'll be back. We'll be back. Okay. We'll be back. Wait we'll be back. and see. Well, oh,
2: no, wait. Sorry. Here's how this is going to go. Mom's going to go watch Master and Commander. You stop <laughs> and she's going to be like, I want to talk about this
0: movie. Well, then you two can talk about it. I don't have time to talk about Master and Commander. Well, I'll,
1: I'll go and watch it after I get the bed put together.
0: Okay, well... Okay, um, but you said
1: you could. You said you would check to see if you could come yep. over Saturday.
0: No, yep. I don't know why you're talking about this when we're trying to wrap up the episode. <laughs> oh, okay. Because <we> <laughs> this is how we already, always wrap up the episode. I episodes. thought we already. did. Because the you're, so good, you're, so,
1: you're so good at cutting and and oh, doing yeah. that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: I will. Um, so, uh, Colin, if Twitter is still a thing when this episode comes out, I mean, honestly, I'm think I I. I
2: was looking at it right before I got on. I think it might like be dying while we're recording this. Yay! Like it might really be shutting down for real. It's crazy. Oh, uh, but it so if much. Twitter is still a thing, um, you can find me at role of Colin Ryan. If not, I will see you on the Mastodon mushroom future of whatever the hell replaces Twitter.
1: That Mastodon sounds confusing with the, all things you have to loop. You have to go through a lot of hoops to do it.
0: Yes. Okay. okay. And you still
1: on you still on the other thing? Or we don't mention I,
0: that. I, that's oh,
2: all I'm he's on, got. I, that's really all I got. I mean, I'm technically, I'm on on Facebook, but I don't look at it.
0: Yeah, I'm on my my account is still active on Facebook slash Meta, but uh, I'm good. Um, I'm also <laughs> on Twitter until it burns to the ground. I think that's what I'm going to stick around for to either for it to burn to the ground for Elon Musk to get bored with it and sell it to somebody and then the new person take over or, oh no, I guess that's the only two choice. <laughs> yeah.
1: he's not going well, he to He said today that it's, it doesn't look good. Oh no. It, it's, <laughs> it's too bad we can't, people can't see us.
0: Uh, if you're wondering what face I made, go watch the episode of, uh, Friends, The one where they're in London and Hugh Laurie's expression is the exact expression I did <laughs> um, uh, I'm Twitter. I am not Ryan Casey Instagram. I'm not dot Ryan Casey the podcast itself has a Twitter which is where no mom pod and uh, Yeah, don't email us uh, <laughs> Yeah If you want to get in contact with us one of those places is just fine Yes,
2: or or if when we bumped into each other you got our
0: communicator and we, Oh never man mind. how many times has that happened <laughs> bumping into people communicators getting switched um, so with that Mom, are you ready I don't know which one I'm supposed to say good lord
1: what do I say the one I've been saying or do I say the one that that is here
0: is this, is where <laughs>
1: Right
2: here. She's wondering if she says never give up, never surrender. No, don't say never to give
0: up, never surrender.
1: So, oh God, I've got, do I remember that?
0: (laughs) uh, I I believe the answer is no.
1: (laughs) This has been and ever shall be your podcast.
0: Got it in one. Yes. (laughs) Only took 13 episodes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, stop it.
2: But we're here to talk about. Okay, Uh, let's see. Kevin Klein. (laughs) I would be more than happy to talk about Kevin (laughs) Klein.